0: Welcome to Lacrosse and Sport,
1: the show for the fastest game on two feet. Brought to you by Vieira Lacrosse and Sport, Central Florida's premier center for the finest lacrosse equipment, apparel, and training. Now, here are your hosts, Roger Welton and Steve Jordan.
0: Welcome back to Lacrosse and Sport the podcast for the fastest game on two feet. We have a very special episode for you tonight. We are going to be talking about the national championship wrap-up, putting it into perspective with my good friend and co-host, Steve Jordan, coming to you from California this evening. How are you doing, Steve?
1: I am outstanding. Feeling still elated from the win that Maryland had. Finally, go Terps, my, my alma mater. Thank God.
0: Yes, that's your alma mater, you must be very excited. I'm very sorry that I was rooting against them. I wasn't rooting against Maryland as much as I was rooting for Ohio State and rooting for the sport. As you know, I I blogged about it. Yes, but I don't being, get
1: the I don't get the difference
0: if you're <laughs> if you're rooting for Ohio <laughs> well, like, State, you're against Maryland. I, I get it, but I I don't dislike Maryland. I guess is the point. I don't especially yeah, like I, Ohio I State. That. To be honest with you, I I I don't care for the Big Ten. And I know Maryland is technically the Big Ten, but I I just still think of them as ACC. Yeah, still
1: only years of of later, you know, past two, three years. So I still consider them ACC as well. But you know what? When I went there uh, just a few weeks ago to do my huge public speaking event there, which was outstanding, uh, the campus, the facilities – it's Big Ten all over all over the place, man. It's oh, yeah. it's awesome. It's incredible. the the facilities, the infrastructure, the the teen houses, the coaching staff, the uh, the field houses, the basketball arena. I mean, it's top 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 notch. I, I didn't even feel like I was at Maryland. I felt like I was in a professional sporting arena, uh, sports coach, sports uh, training centers. It was really cool.
0: Well, that fan base deserves it. I mean, they've been very loyal. Uh, across many sports certainly not just lacrosse in fact they've hung by the lacrosse team for 42 years without a championship you know think about that they they beat navy in 1975 the year after i was born the year you were born Uh, yes you know so you got to be happy for those guys especially those seniors that had can you imagine having the the pressure of 42 years on your shoulders think about that
1: yeah, going this far, absolutely, uh, no no doubt. But, you know, I would consider it almost fuel to to the win as well. Uh, you know, I think knowing myself, I would look at it and turn it around into a positive and, and fuel my desire to win even more.
0: Yeah, or you can cave under the pressure of it. It can happen, as it happened last year, right? I mean, I thought Maryland totally had that game in hand, and we just watched it slowly slip away. But, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely happy for Maryland. So, you know, let's talk about the winners first. I think they deserve that. You know, why why did they win? Why why did they really control that game? Because, you know, these teams have battled before. They've had some incredible battles. Uh, Ohio came on top uh, from a, I believe it was a five-goal deficit to come back and win in overtime. And then there was another one that Maryland won. So this these are inter-Big Ten rivals. Uh, I think Maryland clearly is the better team there. But you know, when you look at what Ohio strength, Ohio State's strengths are, it's the face-off draw uh, with with Jake Withers, that that beastly number eighteen guy's just a, a beast.
1: Incredible, absolutely, absolutely he's, incredible. He's, that that pinch and pop that he's he's incredible at it.
0: It's not just that because they will they'll fight off the pinch and pop, and they're just battling for the ground ball, and he just gets it. You know, he's like a little mm. bull out there just getting. Getting those ground yeah, he's balls. They got to the hustle. So the last time they played, he won eighteen to twenty-five, right, and that was the difference in the game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What I think Maryland did an amazing job was they they neutralized them. They, you know, let let let's 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 face it, they they had to face Trevor Baptiste, right, who is arguably arguably the best face-off draw man ever in the history of college lacrosse uh, over at Denver and they neutralized him. They had a game plan against him. They basically said, "You know what? We're not going to try to beat Trevor Baptiste. We're just going to try to hold him to his clamp and just come in and just hack that head and hold him in place and just just kind of stymie him to just give us give us a shot to number 1 prevent the fast break, number 2 go after that ball and give us an odd or a, an even chance to go after it versus him just, you know, popping it out every time, going on the fast break or at least getting them the possession. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think you're all right there. I think uh, you know you're definitely you're you're you've got your you've got that opinion. I think you've nailed it really good, but I still think you're scratching the surface. Um, You know, in my opinion, what you really need to look at is from the top down. Coach Tillman is was so laser focused this year. Uh, you know, beginning with the loss of his mother, uh, which I saw in the post-interview of the game, um, he had a a much greater desire to win more than just beating this, you know, 42-year drought of lacrosse. I feel like it was, there was something deeper, deeper inspiration for him and the coaching staff and, uh, you know, truly the alumni. uh, You know, we are a huge support for for the university for the team and for everything that goes on. I've never seen so much so much alumni support. The University of Maryland and Maryland as a state has such fan has a, such a strong fan base. I mean, I couldn't tell you we grew up in New Jersey what the New Jersey flag looks like, but I guarantee 98% of all of Maryland knows what the Maryland flag looks like. I bet you 50% of the population even outside of Maryland knows what the Maryland flag looks like you know there's something deep rooted in the Maryland people and coming from the top down that is really important for the you know for the for the team the players in this case to be inspired to be motivated to win in such a clutch game like this against a team that they've lost to just a couple of years ago maybe not the same players but still the you know still uh, a, a team with a coaching staff and and roster that's just you know really has a lot of depth.
0: I think that definitely that that that's huge I mean having having that kind of support but also the motivation obviously rallying behind your coach to overcome tragedy that that definitely plays a gigantic factor. but as far as the um, when you're looking, you getting arrested there buddy? <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: Just sorry man. It's uh you get some kind of right, police or fire activity going on. It's not me. As
0: long as they're not coming for you, I'm happy. Yeah. Um the um as far as the 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 execution though, you know, on paper you look at you look at Maryland's big guns. You have you have obviously Rambo you have uh Connor Kelly, probably one of the best offensive men love I've ever Rambo
1: seen. I mean he's he's got that number number one for a reason he yeah. is number one with a name like Rambo, you're yeah. destined for greatness I mean,
0: <laughs> Matt Rambo yeah. yeah, I mean if you're yeah it's a great name to start with, yeah to be the all time leading scorer of that program I mean. Yeah. One of the most storied programs in the history of lacrosse. Yes, there's been a big drought, but they've been to the title game many, many times. times. They've been in many final fours. They're always in their conversation. They're always in the top five. So, I mean, still a very storied, very amazing program. The number one scorer of all time. So you got Rambo, but Connor Kelly, the guy just, every time he touches the ball, you think something's going to happen, whether whether he's going to penetrate and make an assist or he's going to just rip it himself. And of course, you know the guy who gets lost in the mix is Dylan Malt, who's a great player in his own right. Um, you know, excellent attackman. And and you know, case in point, I, I believe he had several scores uh, in, in that game. He um, did.
1: I think he had three.
0: Yeah, I mean, so you, so your- you just have this, this incredible offensive attack. But what the, what Ohio State does so well is they're so physical and they're just blue collar. And they just beat you up and beat you up. They play phenomenal defense. You got all American Randall Depol on Matt Rambo. I thought he did a great job against Rambo. But you know, what held him to what? One goal, one assist? Something like yeah,
1: that. Yeah, it was something like that. The goal he had was incredible. The angle oh, and just yeah. the yeah, the cool. intelligence that he had to be able to 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 dodge and, and roll inside and switch hands and score it was incredible.
0: Actually he didn't switch hands, he kept it in his left, he just shot it, kept backwards. it in. Yeah. That's right. He yeah. Shot it backwards. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was pr- pretty it was incredible.
1: Sick.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's pretty amazing. So, I, I just think that they they dialed it up They're, They they disrupted the faceoff for sure, and then every time they had a possession, they just they they just controlled it. They eked out every last ounce of that possession. You know, there was there was no stupid shots. There was no unforced errors. It was just very clean lacrosse, almost boring at times to watch. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, you know what? You you're you're absolutely right. You know, Ohio State is blue-collar team, but Maryland as well. You have, you know, uh there were a couple players there from Jersey, couple players, you know, from Maryland which has, you know, from 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 young to, you know, middle school, middle school to high school has a has extraordinary programs and um you know these guys are all hard nosed cross players. Face it, when you get to this level, when you're in the finals, every one of on that team is they're out for blood. And you're 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 a hard nosed player. You're whether you're a blue collar worker or you're just a tough ass. You know, tough as nails. Uh, you're gonna get it done, man. You got so much on the line. It's the biggest game that many of them will ever see. Whether you're a senior or not, you know. And even if you're a freshman or sophomore, junior, and you're gonna come back and. And see it. This one here, I just had so much lying on it, and, and there's 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 too much here. Um, and again, going back to the top, you know, with this, you know, the unfortunate uh, loss of Tillman's mother in the beginning of the season, it sets a precedent, it sets a tone. There's a, a deeper reason, and there's more inspiration, in my opinion. Um, and I, I can't I can't emphasize that enough. So I still think that you know there's there was a lot on the line for this game, more than just that drought, and you know all these players, well deserved, even on the Ohio State. And you know what was really cool at the end of the game? You know, you watched Ohio State and you saw them shaking hands, as as many of them do. Ohio State looked bummed out, but they didn't look as bummed out as I've seen some other teams in the past lose. Did you notice that?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think I think on I mean that's the fourth that program has ever made. So that mm-hmm. in and of itself is a huge accomplishment. They don't have the weight of history, you know, on their shoulders to the level that Maryland did. And I think to some degree, I think they're legitimately happy for them. Let's face it, a lot of these guys grew up watching team like Maryland. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm sure a lot played together. You got a lot of New, uh, New York guys on the on, on the rosters. You got a couple, you know, a few Maryland guys on, on on the rosters and they they probably uh, played tournaments against each other or together you know these tournament teams that come together these days you got guys from all over we we have team florida right so team florida is the best players from all the different tournament teams of florida that then goes to travel state to state even up to new jersey you know so i'm sure guys like guys that are at this level were probably playing you know against one another in high school or with one another on on some of those Mm -hmm. tournament teams club teams but i just i just believe that um it would have been far more tragic for Maryland had they lost this game. Uh, so.
1: yeah, absolutely. When uh, you you texted me yesterday, or I texted you to ask you if you had watched the game, and I, I did that because I knew you were busy with uh, other things, and I didn't know if you had watched, so I didn't want to spill the beans on the on who had won. And uh, I sat back and waited for you to return, and you know, and your response was like, you know, congrats to you, Maryland, um, but you know, were you nervous when they were just two goals away with two minutes left. And, you know, I replied back and I said, you know, for a moment, yes, the thought went through my head. I think that everybody everybody thought that, who was a fan of Maryland and uh, knew their history. But once that face-off was won you from that point on, and that was only, you know, 10 seconds after the goal was scored or 20 seconds, whatever it was. And I really felt after that we had won it. We, we had the possession for a good amount of time, and uh, it was very unlikely that, Ohio State could score two goals within a, a minute, if that. So, so that's I was face very off confident. Possessions
0: are so important. So let's say yeah. Withers is dominating that game. Let's say he has an eighteen to twenty-five performance. It's likely he gets that next tough. And yeah. you see some of these pinch and pop face-off goals. You know, actually, he scored a goal off a of face-off, if you recall. Withers, yeah, he did. Because
1: he, he drove it all the way to the to the goal and scored. I mean, he, he took it took it by control, and that was. A big change in the momentum of the game. It was. They then scored another goal after yeah. that. Sure, and it, it started to you started to worry. You started to get concerned. You weren't worried that, but you were concerned. I mean, that's where you saw Ohio State's. You know, uh, I think they had, like you had said, blue collar, blue collar workout. You know, they were not willing to roll over and let Maryland take this title.
0: I like how Brian McGill says uh, the the blue collar lunch pail mentality. Yeah, you know, and um, yeah, it's just just very very exciting. And from the Ohio State perspective, you know, I so I wrote an article on this. Uh, the title of the article is Maryland. It's from my my creators game, uh, creatorsgame dot uh, blog. And Maryland breaks forty two year curse. Ohio, uh, rep- Ohio State represents diversity in the twenty seventeen national championship, and and to me that's that's really Ohio State's biggest accomplishment. And and hats off to Nick Myers, by the way, their coach, because what He's created is in the age of, and thank goodness the age is over. That's a whole other episode, a whole, whole other conversation. You know, the early, early recruiting's over now. Uh, until they start poking lo- loopholes in it, but as far as going after eighth and ninth graders, that's that's uh, that NCAA has ruled that that is now illegal. They're not allowed to actually contact them now until junior season, which I think is great for the sport. You don't mm-hmm. have the pressure on these kids of you know trying to perform and commit to a college by ninth grade. It's just ridiculous. That's great. But, but on the other hand, Ohio State, this that whole culture and that paradigm benefited them because you look at all these players that were passed over and passed over because they were late bloomers and by the time they were starring in junior and senior seasons, they weren't getting looked at by Hopkins and Maryland and uh, Duke and all the other big guns because they had all these commits from eighth grade. Right. So their rosters already full. They're not looking at juniors and seniors anymore. You know, they're, they they're building their team from eighth and ninth graders, which is crazy. But, you know, that was what was going on for like a decade. So Nick Myers comes along and goes, you know what? I'm not going to have kids committing from eighth and ninth. I'm not going to try that. I'm going to look at these late bloomers and I'm going to grab these guys where they were passed over by all these other programs. And if you look at the diversity of their roster, I'm just going to scroll down here. It's just it just blows my mind. Of course, you got New York and Pennsylvania, right? So you got your lacrosse hotbeds there, but you got nine guys on this roster from the state of Ohio. I didn't realize Mm -hmm. there was enough lacrosse in Ohio to prevent to I'm sorry to that many athletes that are you know going to a uh, blue chip recruiting class to go to uh, a school that's going to be in the top ten playing for the national title. How about this, Alabama? Mm -hmm. What, Florida? Uh, not entirely surprising as it was maybe we're, five years ago.
1: We're in Florida. Do you know that?
0: I don't know exactly. Oh, Jupiter. Jupiter, Florida. Mm, uh, cool. Which that's really, uh, Jupiter makes the final four just about every year here. So they're one of the better teams in the state. They actually smoked my team. Uh, Jupiter smoked smoked us in uh, in the last torch just in Sunshine State games. So we still have our work to do here in, in the Space Coast. But, yeah, Jupiter. Hey, Steve, California.
1: Nice. Yeah, state California's California. big time.
0: Uh, a lot of those guys, though, were kind of earmarked for Denver, you know, until the Pac-10 mm-hmm. really starts coming out with lacrosse. I mean, that's really uh, Bill Tierney country there. Denver has done a really good job of recruiting out of California and British Columbia. Uh, Minnesota. Didn't know there was lacrosse mm. in Minnesota. Massachusetts, been there. You know, not not quite as big as it should be, but it's pretty big. And Delaware. Uh, but but – uh, and then there's a bunch of Canadians, of course, which, which you expect, Ontario, British Columbia, but the fact that Nick Myers is able to successfully recruit them and not have them go off to Syracuse, where Canadians tend to love to go, uh, mm. just, just an amazing situation. I think to me, what that really spells is growth of the sport. I think I yeah. think at some point before you and I check out on this earth, I think we might see this as really, truly a mainstream sport. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can see just in the high, in the uh, footage and coverage on ESPN. Uh, they ESPN has invested a lot more in it. The coverage invested a lot more in it. If you saw the cameras, uh, they had a lot more angles, slow motion. Uh, there was a much greater presence on the sponsorship as well. There, uh, the stadium. I mean, they played at uh, where the um where the what is it the uh new england new england patriots play or the name of the stadium what's what's the name of the stadium Gillette Stadium Gillette Stadium yeah I mean they played there where I'm sure it seats 60,000 plus people
0: uh, um Wardner. And, Wardner.
1: Yeah, and yeah and I mean it looks like there was a good amount of people I didn't see how many were in attendance but I would imagine that it was probably pretty damn full and like you said Massachusetts isn't it's a it's definitely got, lacrosse has a has an influence there, but not like some of the other hotbeds like Maryland, Pennsylvania, uh, New York, New Jersey. But uh, needless to say, it was close enough for a lot of the fans to travel to and uh, infiltrate that whole area. So yes, lacrosse is definitely in the growth. It's conversation. I had several people text me and or like my Facebook page when I posted, you know, congrats to the Maryland lacrosse team, that I was surprised and people that i you know work with here in los angeles knew about it so you know they read it in the news or saw it on tv it's the cross is here to stay folks it's not going anywhere it's only getting bigger and stronger and and, uh just more competitive and watch that game yesterday you can see it the skill level of these players is phenomenal it's like watching art in motion
0: but they're also so physically dominating as well. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: well, Rambo, Matt Rambo is two twenty.
0: Two twenty. The dude's a beast, man. Yeah,
1: he's moving like he's a, a like a a five eight, you know, hundred and seventy pounds attackman. Usually very quick, nimble, and agile. I mean, this guy is he's he's
0: incredible. I want to look at Connor Kelly's stats real quick because he's a big dude too. He looks huge out there. A second, let's see. I, I'm gonna let that let that pull up real quick. But you know, Connor Kelly, the way this guy can move, um, with with the size. I mean, I'm I'm thinking he's got to be what six two, six three out there. Sure. Yeah, you know, it, it'll come up in a sec. But but at any rate, um, yeah, to just the, the grace with which these guys can move, um, with, with the sheer size, it's just it's just truly remarkable. Uh, but but yeah, I here's here's why I have a little disagreement though. Um,
1: so he's six foot one eighty five.
0: Who is Connor Kelly? Uh, Connor Kelly, yeah. Okay, so Rambo's got to be a little shorter then, because when he stands next to him, he looks a little, a little smaller. So, so so Rambo is just a compact cult of, <laughs> of <a> specimen <laughs> to be two twenty. I mean, try covering that. How do you even get a stick around him?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: Just got. Uh, here, here's my disagreement. I think so, do you remember the days when the lacrosse final four was always played in Baltimore?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it was always and played in th- It was often
0: it was played in Maryland too. Yeah, so for the longest time it was just always in Baltimore. And the they started moving the venue around and I guess the plan there was hey, let's 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 showcase the sport in other places, let's bring the final four in To to places where maybe where we won't necessarily fill the stadiums to the same capacity, but uh, at the same time we're going to help to grow the sport and and spread awareness. Mm -hmm. My problem with that though is when you know you you commented on this massive Gillette Stadium when you actually looked at it, it was about maybe I don't know I don't know if it was even half full and. It, to me, it, it almost belittles it belittles this amazing event a little bit, whereas you looked at the more intimate atmosphere. You got like maybe a thirty five to 40,000-person stadium in Maryland, and you got the whole state going there no matter who is in it, whether Maryland's in it or not. I mean, there's a pretty good chance that Hopkins, Loyola, Maryland, one of those teams, Towson, you know, are mm-hmm. going to be in the Final Four. But let's say none of them are, are in the Final Four. You're still going to pack that stadium because it is such a lacrosse culture. I really miss those days because I think it looks better on TV. I think it mm. showcases the sport and it says, look at how much love for us, this is for this sport. I mean, there's two ways of looking at it. Thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, gosh, you know um, – I think, you know, my instinct is to say that because the growth of the sport is, is getting out there, I think the way they're doing it now is actually better for the sport and the growth of the sport. I think it's you're, you're stifling it and you're pigeonholing it if you keep it in Maryland uh, somewhere and just have, you know, that community um, and the surrounding areas uh, attending. When you bring it out to, you know, let's say, Massachusetts, like in this particular case, you, you force those that really want to be there to go and travel, and it makes the fans even more appreciative, um, I think, and it creates a different, different energy and vibe, even into that area. You're, you're you know Lacrosse players, you always know when there's lacrosse players. Biggest fans, You know they're always wearing any type of uh, fan gear, lacrosse gear, walking around with lacrosse sticks. Um, and so I can't imagine what, uh, you know, Massachusetts in that area looked like over the past weekend. And I'm sure that they got a big dose and a taste of it. And if it, and and if, you know, my intuition serves me correct, I would say that Massachusetts got another, got a dose and just got a a, a strong, like whiff of lacrosse fever and lacrosse, lacrosse smell, and probably created a, a different buzz or a new buzz where they're going to start to get back into it and, and create um, just more influence and, and have more um, affection towards the sport and, you know, produce more. So I think it's actually good.
0: Well, there's, there's, def- there's, there's a lacrosse presence in Massachusetts for sure. Uh, I actually have two friends here that play in my men's league and also coach with me that are Massachusetts guys, both played in college. Um, actually, Nick Myers, the head coach of Ohio State, the head coach of Ohio State, Obviously, a very successful coach built a phenomenal program. He grew up in Massachusetts, and he actually played for Springfield College, which is in Massachusetts. Quite a quite a good division. I believe they're a Division three program, a very good Division three program. Mm-hmm. There's definitely lacrosse there. It's just it's just kind of in pockets, you know. It's it's not quite as uh, ubiquitous as say like New Jersey, New York, Maryland, places like that. But but no, I, there's two two ways of looking at it, and I've 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 heard both point of views. I just love the way it used to look in Baltimore. When, man, the energy, maybe the venue was a little bit smaller, but the energy of seeing that packed house, Mm. you know, versus being in this huge venue that's, you know, maybe half full at best uh, that you see a lot of empty seats, especially in the upper decks. Uh, Now, if you could fill one of those suckers, you know, I I think Giant Stadium might be a good a good a good place to do it, because I think you could maybe fill Giant Stadium, Mm. you know, because you got the huge venue there, but you have. Such established lacrosse, you got. Remember, in that area, you got Ridgewood, Fairlawn, uh, you got uh, Montville, Mountain Lakes. You got huge diversity of very, very historical programs. I think you could probably drive a lot of uh, a lot of fans to a venue like that. Maybe California. What do you think?
1: No, not yet.
0: <laughs> not yet.
1: Not yet. Well, we don't have anywhere really to put it. I mean, you know. Los Angeles, or you know, Southern California, there isn't anywhere to play uh, yet. They're building the stadium here for the LA Rams and uh, the LA Raiders, but I think they're going to. It's going to be too big. It's going to be massive. It's going to be the biggest venue uh, to currently and to date. Um, and then San Diego, you've got where the Chargers play, and it's an okay stadium, but I don't think there's enough down there. It's too spread out. There's Um, it's too far to get down there. Traffic people. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it would, I don't think it would work.
0: So I know we're a little little, little bit of a tangent here, but, um, the Pac-10, when are they going to get lacrosse? Are are they doing the club (laughs) thing yet?
1: Uh, definitely. You know, lacrosse has... That's
0: where it starts is that that really good high-end MCLA club. You know, that's how Maryland mm-hmm. started. That's how Penn State, that's where Penn State was. Not Maryland. Hello. <laughs> Ohio State, that's where uh, Michigan, I'm sorry, Michigan is the one I meant. Um, you know, you, you bring in those really good players, and you start these really good pl- club programs, and you are playing under NCAA regulation rules, and you even do some exhibition games against NCAA teams, but you're in the MCLA club. Is that is that going on at this point in the Pac-10? I,
1: I do believe so. You know, I don't really know the 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 ins and outs of the lacrosse community here in some of the colleges um, I do know that it does exist. I do know that there are like very competitive club teams and uh, i would I would bet you know in the next five to ten years you'll you'll see some you'll see some schools that will pick it up and be competing you know just look at it'll probably be like where Denver was you know ten years ago. Um, I think we're just a little bit behind still.
0: Well, hopefully uh, Bill Tierney has a lot more life left in him because Bill Tierney was a six-time national champion at Princeton and decided to go west, and really Denver's success, I don't think they'd be where they are without Bill Tierney. The guy's just uh, some kind of evil genius or something. And I I don't mean evil because, by all accounts, he's a great guy. But he's just some kind of mastermind when it comes to lacrosse because wherever he goes, he wins. So maybe he keeps going west and, Mm. you know, picks his school du jour out there. And, you know, he's now established, you know, Princeton's established. He's now established Denver. And and who knows, maybe UCLA would be next.
1: Well, that would be incredible because my backyard is UCLA, as you saw here a couple, <laughs> a couple weeks ago when you came here. Um, I mean, it would be incredible. I do know they have a club team, um, yeah. and I don't know how good they are, but they do have a club team. And I, I would have to imagine that even the club teams here are, are decent. If anybody wants to continue to play lacrosse and you're in a, a school um, like UCLA with its you know high standard of education and you have the time to play lacrosse or the want to play lacrosse, then my, again, my, my guess is that you're probably pretty good and you probably love the sport and want to, con- want to continue to see not just yourself blossom, but the, the sport blossom too. So I would imagine that the players are, are pretty good at it. Um, I think USC also has a girls um, team, if I'm not mistaken, that's pretty competitive. I've heard that you know, rumor around. Stanford as well um, also, I think, has a, has a pretty competitive club team. And you know, I don't really know what other schools out here that would be considered. I mean you've got all the California schools like UCSB and um, UC San Diego. Um, I don't know what else, you know, what other teams out here would be uh, considered of across uh, potential in the future. But sure Pac Ten, so Oregon, yeah. you know, Washington. Oregon, State. yeah, that would be that would be great, definitely.
0: I don't know how much lacrosse there is in those states, but, you know, it's just great to see the growth. Hey, if Ohio State can go from, you know, the the state of Urban Meyer, right, mm-hmm. uh, to now Nick Myers, similar name, uh, now having a little share in the uh, notoriety in sport in that state, I think it could happen anywhere. And, um, you know, it's just very, very, very exciting to see. So I, I do believe that this is the start of something great. And here in Florida, we have... All kinds of Division II programs going going up right now. I think it's any day now that uh, Gators have a very strong uh, club presence, as do the uh, UCF Knights, as does the uh, or do the um, Florida State Seminoles, and, and you know that's all very high end club, only getting better. I know actually some, some, some players that actually played in this area that are playing for some of those clubs. But, you know, you look at FIT, that's a NCAA Division II program, Tampa University, St. Leo, Rollins. Um, that's all I can name off the top of my head. But they have a whole conference called the Sunshine State Conference, which is pretty pretty exciting. Mm. So, you know, that wasn't around just when I moved here. Not even close. There None of that. So it, it's explosive growth. Good for Ohio State for getting there. Very, very happy for your alma mater, Steve, and I'm really glad we were able to get this episode in while the news was still fresh.
1: Yeah, me too. Um, psyched for it. Go, Maryland, and uh, enjoy this victory. It's a a great one. Happy for you guys, and happy for the game of lacrosse to see this, and be inspired. Never quit.
0: Most definitely, and quick shout-out to our buddy Ray McGill, uh, who is a two-time all-American, four-year starter at uh, University of Maryland. I sent him a text right after the game. I said, "Great job. You guys finally did it." And I said, "You guys finally did it because when you play for a program, you're always part of that program. Whether they win years before, one year's before, or win years later, it's your win. You do own it. I check back on my alma mater all the time, Mockler State, you know, and that's a Division 3 program, but I still have so much pride in having played there and I'm constantly reading, reading the, the the news, and I love to get updates on it so I can understand the pride that Ray McGill must feel, uh, having shed his blood, sweat, and tears for that program at a, and played at an incredible level. So good for you, Ray.
1: Congrats, Ray. Love you. Long time.
0: Nice to finally catch up with you, Steve. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great to catch up with you, too, Raj. It's a pleasure. Over the like, cross, let's, let's it's try, always a pleasure. Let's
0: try to catch up more often. Th- these podcasts are so fun. Uh, it was really fun texting with you throughout the game. And, uh, yeah, I, I, again, I am happy for you, Maryland Nation. Thanks, brother. Good well, Terps. Until next time, everyone, thank you very much for listening to what Steve and I have to say. We, uh, Wait,
1: I need to, <laughs> I need to stop you there for a moment. Oh. We have to congratulate the Maryland girls lacrosse team, too.
0: You know what? We're being – Jeez, we're, we're being terrible. We're being – Yes, well, you know it is, so though, how you did know, we forget you – know, I, well here's here's why we forgot because they win every they win constantly <laughs> yeah this is
1: like their 14th or 13th, 13th championship uh, title. Yeah, yeah it's like
0: their fourth in the last five years or something i mean yeah yeah all But they still do is a win. big
1: victory and you know what a lot of competition there girls you're outstanding as well love you long time you girls are <laughs> you know really like you're you're killing it and love to see that program strong and vital as it is keep working it
0: yeah, and thank you, Steve, for, for bringing up the girls. And actually, Division One girls lacrosse is very exciting because they don't have the same rules in terms of the body checking and the things that we do on the boys' side. They rely solely on speed and stick skills. It's speed, stick skills, accuracy. And it's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. In fact, when, when my boys are not executing, passing the ball well, moving their feet, I just, I'll just i say, you know what, gentlemen, here, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go over to the girls' high school A game and I'm gonna, I want you guys to go over and watch these girls and learn how to play lacrosse mm. because they can't rely on their bodies in terms of, you know what, uh, I'm going out-physi- to out-physical you. Uh, you might be a better lacrosse player, but I'm going to out-physical you. You can't do that on the girls. You have to be a phenomenal lacrosse player. You have to be fast. You have to be a beast. So thank you for bringing that up. I have a daughter. Yes. So, you know, to me, yes. that's hugely important. My bad. Good.
1: No worries. Sorry, bad. We should have brought it up earlier, but yeah. uh, better late than never.
0: No doubt. Well, that stated, congratulations to the men and women of University of Maryland. Congratulations to Ohio State for your first ever Final Four, taking it to the title game. I'm sure you'll be there again. Have a good night, sir. Good night, y'all.